I think this is the general purpose of music. This would be the very general purpose of um, of other forms of art, and uh, I think that's also a, a task that is given to us with a blessing to promote and to to spread as far as possible. That's award-winning Israeli violinist Shlomo Mintz. He joins us today to talk about his upcoming performance at the Red Rocks Music Festival here in Phoenix on Sunday, December 11th. I'm Melissa Green. Welcome to another episode of Heart of the Arts. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat about your upcoming performance in the Red Rocks Music Festival here in Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome and thank you again for making time for us. Oh, it's my pleasure and I'm looking forward to a very favorite area of mine and that is, uh, you know, Mm. Phoenix and not only Phoenix, you know, Arizona in general. Really? Um, (laughs) So I think our audience would love to know your um, connection, your personal connection to Arizona or Phoenix, Sedona. Well, first of all, uh, 40 years ago, uh, the Phoenix Symphony Orchestra, after one of the performances that we did in the hall, I, I forget the name of the hall now, but an older hall where Phoenix Symphony Orchestra used to play in downtown played Happy Birthday for me. I was then 25 uh, years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but those were old times, you know. I mean, obviously, a lot of things have changed everywhere, changed, obviously, also. In, uh, I used to travel even for a leisure travel. I did not have much time for leisure travel. Mm-hmm. But I remember taking a camper up to Flagstaff, where I actually played, and up to Sedona, where I actually played. Uh, I'm not talking about recent performance. I'm talking about things that happened uh, some 30 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, even more. Uh, I love that area. You know, one of my favorite things actually is to take a drive at five or six in the morning and, you know, meeting the sunrise. I remember the absolutely spectacular uh, views at that time. Well, there were less houses and so and more nature than, (laughs) but uh, it was a fantastic, extraordinary, uh, pleasurable, almost romantic like uh, experiences, but I'm not much of a hiker, but uh, I love that part of the world. Yeah, it's um, it's a destination. So you'll be in Phoenix performing for us on Sunday, December 11th. As a soloist that's been everywhere and done everything, I was looking over the program, seeing the Vivaldi and Piazzolla. My question is, are these your favorite pieces at the moment, the ones you're currently rehearsing? Is that kind of a frame of mind you put yourself in to reconnect with the music in an old way, in a new way? Well, I mean, I could obviously give you a diplomatic uh, yes, but uh, also at the same time, well, I'm still uh, in a position and having a very wide repertoire. I do many, many things, conducting, playing, mm-hmm. uh, playing viola, etc. So, uh, yeah, that covers a lot. All of them are my favorite. But it would not be fair to say that it's more favorite than all other, I don't know, uh, let's say violin concertos or or symphonies that I conduct. But uh, I'm happy to do this particular program because it's uh, in a way very nice and very interesting and very unique. Those are literally eight seasons (laughs) that uh, we're performing. Two different views, very different views, very different centuries of 
two extremely gifted and extremely uh, unique composers, unusual composers. And the comparison is an intellectual stimulation uh, for the people who actually listen to that repertoire. I also hope uh, to have a unique interpretation or an unusual interpretation in a way that will actually stimulate uh, the intellectual view of something that is very much part of our lives, and that is four seasons. Yes. How would how do they differ, Vivaldi's view from Piazzolla, besides being centuries apart? Well, Vivaldi was a priest uh, that lived 300 years ago, you know, in a deep uh, sense of Baroque, an extremely gifted musician and a, and a priest, redhead, actually. Those are things that we know about Vivaldi. Mm-hmm who had a very unusual life. First of all, spent a lot of time composing, obviously being very religious. And um, by the way, the four seasons, those were four different concertos labeled by him one of each season, but they were never played together during his time. Those are four different smaller works. It is only later that it was called Four Seasons. Mm. And um, regarding Piazzolla, well, Piazzolla, we know that he's an extremely gifted tango composer, very famous in Argentina and worldwide, actually. Many films were done uh, with his music and many tangos in clubs, his music was played, so he's well-known, widely known, but closer to us, closer to our sort of uh, dances. Obviously, we dance more modern dances, but at the same time, that music is not too far away from us. It's a lot closer to us, to where we are, uh, as refers to Vivaldi. So Vivaldi will be played in a sort of a very a unique frame, looking at a, like looking at an old picture from afar. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you know, it, it would require our concentration, understanding the seasons, understanding, for example, summer and uh, the heat, as well as the winter and the cold. Those were specific instructions of Vivaldi. And uh, as far as Piazzolla is concerned, now back to Piazzolla, those are four tangos porteño. Porteño is a nickname for a person who lives in Buenos Aires. So that would also be very, very specific area as the weather changes and the melody changes from one season to another. Yeah, those are just unique works that would, um, like I said, require, you know, some concentration. But as the audience will concentrate, they will very clearly see the difference between each season and the philosophy or the the spirit or the desires of uh, each composer individually. And both of them are great. They are a great combination in one concert. Yes, I think they're going to enjoy the different interpretations, especially during this season where the weather is just absolutely beautiful here in Arizona. And you have some ASU musicians joining you on the program, in addition to some renowned musicians that you've worked with in the past. I know two two of them uh, are very dear friends, Gabriela Olceze and uh, Bachacht. Yes, Actually, her name or her original pre-marriage name. I don't know her husband, but I'm <laughs> looking forward meeting him. He's a you know great cellist, the first cellist of Chicago Symphony. 
and the bassist as well, a bassist, uh, bass player as well. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for. I'm very certain that we will strike a very friendly chord among all of us, and I'm looking forward to great music making. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that it will happen. I wanted to mention the honorary fellow of the Jerusalem Academy of Music and Dance. That's an award um, you received for 2022. Um, what does that yes. rec- what does that recognition mean to you? Uh, well, it's an artistic recognition that um, simply is a honorary award. Uh, the ceremony was done with many very important dignitaries, really pre- the president of uh, Israel, the dignitaries from the Jerusalem University, etc. And so, uh, yeah, I'm very honored and uh, humbled to receive this award. It would um, basically, uh, what this award says is that, uh, you know, is asking me actually to be tied up or uh, more interested in the activities of the Jerusalem Academy. Mm. And that's a very nice award to receive. Cool. Well, congratulations. I wanted to I wanted to ask following that what it was like studying under Isaac Stern, who has had close ties to Israel toured there a lot. Are there any specific memories or words of wisdom that have stuck with you throughout your career? Well, uh, Isaac Stern, we know very well that uh, he was an icon among, among musicians. Uh, and yes, he was very, he had a very warm spot for himself in Israel or for Israel. And um, uh, well, yes, he was a great musician and uh, uh, he has inspired not only me personally, but a uh, whole a few generations of musicians, uh, not only in Israel, worldwide. He's well known for his for saving Carnegie Hall, quote unquote, and mm. as well as uh, receiving many awards. A very rich and creative uh, life as a musician, and so uh, well, I have nothing but the utmost respect for him and for his creativity. And yes, I was absolutely honored and humbled to be in a position to receive lessons from him. I learned a great deal. It uh, shaped and influenced my personal musicianship a great deal. Uh, um, And I learned a lot, a lot, a lot of things. I gained a lot of experience with him, especially in the area of performance and how to perform, as well as performing with him on stage on many occasions. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, he will remain as one of the person who shaped my career as well as uh, uh, personality and musicianship. Wow. Speaking of shaping your career, I wanted to also ask about your inspiration. I've talked to a couple world-renowned violinists over the past five to six months and their um, approach towards performing. There was kind of this halt on everything and they once they could get back out there, it was just kind of like full force. And I'm wondering where you go for inspiration these days when you need it before a performance, uh, a project. Well, and I, I find that to be a very, very good question because uh, obviously you noted that... Um, People, uh, after the pandemic, uh, the pandemic has changed people's life, not lives, not only as musicians. We all know that, and we, it is still not over, and uh, uh, we're still struggling with uh, incredible change. And none of us really understand 
the change to the fullest. And so none of the people, especially the artists that are involved, uh, know exactly to which area to go. I mean, mainly, I would imagine that um, the main drive is basically to recuperate income or recuperate well-being. I mean, human beings are sometimes creatures of habits, Mm -hmm. and sometimes when uh, it concerns livelihood and living, the standards of living become important. All of that was shaken a great deal among all of us, not only artists, but you know, society worldwide. I mean, uh, the United States is no exception. I go everywhere I go, I see the impact, the psychological impact of the pandemic, and that is very, very important. I think that um, and the war in between Russia and Ukraine. Right. Yeah. Uh, that war is loaded with with emotions and opinions and uh, concepts, and that is also not over. Uh, we live in a different era. We never expected. The mo- most surprising thing is that nobody expected that sort of impact on our lives. I'm sure that uh, all musicians, well, when you will be listening to musicians, you will see the difference or the impact of the pandemic, whether outright or very well or well hidden in their playing, in their art. Uh, and art is not only playing, it's uh, paintings, it's everywhere. Every form of performance or, or creativity, you'll find changes there. Um, to tell you how it changed my life, it, it had a great impact on everything that I do. Uh, I myself uh, was not active for almost two years mm. and not because of my own fault. So, I mean, that two years is also a long, long time to think, to shape, to re- rethink, reevaluate. Yeah, I hope that uh, people will find the conclusions uh, very interesting. Uh, it certainly uh, had a great impact on my life, on my family, as well as all all people around me. So yes, we live in a different era. Hopefully, a better era, an era of uh, repair, an era of uh, better coordination, an era of better understanding. Uh, and I'm hoping to see positive results for a more unified result, a better standard of living, better art. Uh, better communications among the human beings. Yes. You said that basically the the music helps people or maybe because of what happened we become more appreciative of the arts and I know your philosophy is to teach people to consciously search for beauty. Uh, do you think that bringing classical music into new communities is um, one of the best ways to give someone an overall appreciation of all of the arts? Well, uh, absolutely. And I've been uh, personally uh, also some sort of a champion on the, in that area. Um, okay. Yes, I think that uh, communication through music, uh, like in the words uh, of Isaac Stern, music is a truth never found, um, never properly found. I think it's a great experience to seek uh, all those better things in life, 
better communication, better emotional impact, positive impact, better living, um, that I'm hoping, always hoped it in my life time, but I'm hoping especially today in this day and age to unite communities and unite enthusiasm, unite emotions in a positive way, in, in a way that will actually better our living. I think this is the general purpose of music. This would be the very general purpose of um, of other forms of art. And uh, I think that's also a, a task that is uh, given to us with a blessing to promote and to to spread as far as possible. Yes. Yes, I love that. And to just keep leaning into the mystery of it all. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. We look forward to your performance Sunday, December 11th at the Madison Center for the Arts here in Phoenix, Arizona. Shlomo Mintz, thank you again and uh, safe travels until we see you next month. Thank you so much. And I'm very much looking forward to be in the area. Enjoy the dry air, (laughs) the warmer air, the beautiful sunsets, the beautiful sunrises and... uh, Uh, continue to unite people together yes oh i can't wait for the performance so thank you so much and um we're looking forward to it thank you That's world-acclaimed solo violinist Shlomo Mintz, who will be joined by guest artists for The Four Seasons by Vivaldi and Piazzolla as part of the Red Rocks Music Festival here in Phoenix, Sunday, December 11th at 3 p.m. at the Madison Center for the Arts on 16th Street. For tickets and more information, head to redrocksmusicfestival.com. For KBOX Heart of the Arts, I'm Melissa Green.